I may need your healing, Lord, but I say you're welcome. Welcome, welcome into the room. Welcome, welcome. Happy Monday. How are you? Yes. We just, I just want to welcome the Holy Spirit. I want to welcome the presence of God in this, in this atmosphere, in the midst of this podcast. That's what I do. We want to always invite the Holy Spirit in to have his way to speak to us expressively what the Father is saying. And um, of course, today's episode is going to be um, very, very powerful. I'm so excited from what the Lord has laid on my heart. I just want to give time for some to enter to the room. I thank you all as you always come and support, whether it's on the live or the replay. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of you, all my sisters, even some of my brothers who have been supporting the podcast. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I pray that it blesses you. I pray that you get something that the Lord speaks to you, that he used me to confirm something, to bring clarity, right, to bring um, encouragement or whatever it is that you need in that moment. I pray that the Lord uses me to be a blessing to your life as you are a blessing to my life every time you come and you support the podcast. So I just thank you guys so much. And so, yes. This is You Are Welcome by Psalmist Rain, one of my favorite songs. So yes, we just welcome the Holy Spirit into the room before we get started because it's all about Him. It's all about what He wants to do. It's all about what the Father is speaking to us today about what's in your hand. You know, this is something that has been ministering to me um, since yesterday because I had a conversation with, with one of my friends. And, you know, the reality is a lot of times we're looking for something else. We're looking for God to give us something else. We're looking for some other opportunity when the Bible tells us our gift will make room for us. But a lot of times we don't realize the gift is already in our hand. Amen. And this is why it's so important to understand what's in your hand, what's already in your house. So before I get started, because I feel the Holy Spirit rising up, um, I just want to thank you. Thank you, uh, Della Dem, Della Dem, for joining. I'm sorry if I didn't say it properly, uh, but I thank you to, for, to and welcome you to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. Um, and this is a podcast and a platform where I just, um, the Lord just uses me to speak, to minister, to encourage, to exhort, whatever it is he want to do. Um, sometimes it's about uh, specifically helping women to overcome the burden of their sexual history or some trauma in their past and sometimes it's just a word that he has just for me to release them to the people like today he has a word um that he's placed on my heart to to deliver today and so i'm excited to do so so welcome welcome and so um yes we're gonna get started and so today's episode is called what's in your hand it's so important and elite i know i had a, a first-hand experience with this but i just want to um I'm Janelle Renee. I'm your host, the host of the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to those who will listen to the replay. Welcome to everyone who will come into the room. I appreciate you all. I pray that you get something today that maybe the Lord begins to stir up his spirit in you, that you will go back to, to the Father to ask him, what's in your house? What's in your hand? What is that thing that God has already given you, that he's already placed in you, that you may be overlooking like me? And so sometimes we are, like I said, before we're, we're looking for God to to give us something or we're looking for an opportunity or we're looking for someone you know to to give us um you know a, a open door to open a door for us we're always looking maybe for something else when the Lord is like what's in your hand and so this took me to Exodus 4 2 and 4 it may be a very familiar passage it's the story of Moses and the burning bush of course when he was going on about his business because how many of us know that's what God does like normally God just disrupts our life when we're going on about our day to day right when you are just kind of doing the thing that you have already you know been um, set to do in your life or something that you've already you know been doing um, in your life and the Lord will often disrupt that and see Moses had been a shepherd in Midian for some time for about 40 years that uh, 
um, just giving you a little backdrop of the story because he had ran from Egypt because he had murdered um, an Egyptian and Pharaoh didn't want to kill him. So he was on the run. How many of us be on the run? How many of us, you know, maybe are on the run from our past like Moses? Maybe we did some things in our past that we're not proud of. Maybe we did some things where we, we might feel there may be some kind of consequence. Or maybe we think that God is going to bring some consequence on us. So we're running from our past and we find ourselves, you know, in a place where we're just kind of going through the motions. Maybe we settled into a job. Maybe we settled into working as at a certain in a certain position maybe we settled into a certain you know place in life because we were on the run like moses right and so i want to speak to those of us who have been on the run like moses and see what god does is even though he'll allow you to go to that place he'll allow you to get to a place because he's going to use that place that like he used midian to continue to cultivate moses because moses was always called to be a leader moses was always set apart right and but because there were certain situations that he that he got himself into the lord used all things like he said all things work together for the good of those that love god and are caught according to his purpose and so because moses was on the run and he went to midian and when he got to midian he came across these women who he had to help he, to to protect them from these you know from these other um, men who were going to try to you know um threatening and taking advantage of them and so they went back to tell their father he's like hey why y'all back so early with the water because if you know anything about that um the culture back in that time one of the main um jobs or roles for young women especially young virgins was to go get the water from the well um and that's a whole nother word in and of itself but you know so they went to get the, the draw water and when they was trying to draw water there were some other men who wanted to you know attack them or you know like i said take advantage of them and moses chased them off because moses always was a protector you see this is why it's so important like to really pay attention to the natural gifts that we have see moses was a natural leader and he was a natural protector right and that's how why he killed that egyptian because he was attacked protecting his brethren who were being beaten and who were being taken advantage of so sometimes we don't even realize that the very thing that we do naturally is the very thing god is going to use to take us and, and catapult us into purpose and so then their father is like hey why y'all back so early they like oh these you know the, the, these enemies they came to try to you know attack us i'm paraphrasing but this man helped us out and and so we were able to draw our water and now we're back early he's like well why y'all leave a man there where's the man at and so he's like go back and get him and so that's how moses really got into midian and he became um you know a part of the household of jethro um, which ended up being his father-in-law and so now moses now becomes a shepherd you know again if you really understand the bible and you look at the parallel of of the parallel of the type of people or the type of career or the type of skills that they had that God used to be great leaders. Like David was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd for 40 years. David was a shepherd for a long time of his father's sheep. And see, because it's something about learning how to care for a flock, learning how to care for defenseless sheep who really don't have like no mind of their own. And then they're depending on you for everything as the shepherd. You're depending on the shepherd for, for protection, for food, for direction knowing where to go right and the shepherd has to truly lay down his life for the sheep to keep them safe from from um, predators to, to make sure they have what they they need to make sure he's tending to them cultivating them it takes a lot of time i'm sure you know it's not the most exciting thing but you have to be really really committed to it right and see it's something about being a shepherd that cultivates the skills that you need to be a great leader and so moses found himself being a shepherd but then even though he got comfortable he had been a shepherd for about 40 years he was in midian he had made a life he didn't had got married he didn't have babies he didn't did all this stuff right and he just settled into this life like some of us settled into a life you know we settled into the life a life of being a single mother we settled into a life of being you know a, a wife a mother a, a an employee you know whatever it is you know even just a, a just a christian that just goes and just sit in the pews every week but not getting really um at 
active to do something, not serving, not really walking in purpose, but just kind of going through the mundane motions of just your everyday life. But see, Moses didn't know that God had an appointment with him. And that's the day when he came across the burning bush and the Lord began to call him out of the bush. And so once the Lord began to have this dialogue with Moses, here we do find ourselves in Exodus 4 and 2. And it says, the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? And I, I think that is so significant because a lot of times, I know when God called me, I'll say that I love to give my own testimony because I'm here, not just because I'm, I know everything or I think, you know, I'm just saying these things because it sounds good. This A lot of the times I'm talking from real life experience. Like I've went through this, not know God ain't spoke to me through a burning bush, okay? But I remember when God really started calling me and I was like Moses, I had settled into a life, right? I had settled into the life of, well, I'm just gonna have to work. I'm, I settled into the life of, well, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do. I, I, gotta, I gotta provide for my family. I gotta take care of my children. I settled into this life because you know, I life had just happened and I ended up being dealt these cards, so I had to play them. And so I settled into this life and I had these ideas and these dreams for my life. And I was in school and I was in school to be um, the, in studying pre-law law and policy. I had recently switched my major to pre-law law and policy and I was preparing to go to law school. I was researching, you know, different law schools, you know, um, preparing, you know, for the LSAT, all of these things, because this is the life I had settled into. Like I'm always going to have to do something to make provision. Right. And, and because I desired to be a, an attorney, it was something I wanted to do but I settled into this life and all of a sudden God began to call me and I remember the first time when I knew God was calling me and when he told me to change my major and I was really like excuse me because I had not recently just I had just recently changed my major from um, Christian counseling to pre-law law and policy maybe like a year or two um, maybe a year and a half before so when he come and tell me to change my major I'm just like excuse me you know I'm just getting back in school I'm just trying to get it all figured out just trying to get on my feet like change my major like change my major why like this is what I always wanted to do I always wanted to be an attorney and he's and I'm like well change my major to what and I know the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said ministry. And I was so upset. I cried because I'm like, no, that wasn't a part of the plan because I settled into a life like Moses. I had been living a life for all this time and I had this idea and I just felt like this is the only path that I was going to be able to walk in. So when God began to disrupt my life like he did Moses, it was hard for me. And I cried. I cried real tears because I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want my ministry, my uh, major to be ministry because I understood what that meant. I knew that that was the call, right? And that it wasn't even about me being going to school to get a degree in ministry. It was about me understanding that the purpose for my life and the plan for my life was not for me to go into the marketplace to be an attorney. God want me to serve his people. God want me to work directly for him. And so again, that was that was the crossroads moment. Like Moses, he's at a crossroads. Now he's met God. He's the God. The Lord is speaking to him through the bush and the Lord is telling him, listen, I'm calling you out. I'm, I've chose you. You got to go back to Egypt. You got to go free my people. Tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses is coming with all these excuses and he's, you know, going back and forth with God and and finally, it gets because in verse um, in verse one, it says, then Moses answered, what if they won't believe me and and the and will not obey me, but say the Lord did not appear to you. And see, a lot of times when we were, when we get a call from the Lord, we always have all this doubt. Right. Like Gideon, when the Lord, angel of the Lord came to him and he spoke to him, and he called him a mighty man of valor. He comes back with, well, I'm the least in my clan and my clan is the least in Manasseh. We the poorest. Like that's what we tend to do. We tend to look at our, um, you, you know, we look at ourselves in the flesh and we begin to disqualify ourselves based on how we see ourselves. You know, it also reminds me of when the 10 spies went out, um, well, the 12 spies went out to, to spy out the land and 10 came back with a negative report. And they said that the, there was giants in the land and we were like grasshoppers to them. But the interesting thing is they never talked to the giants and the giants. So the giants never told them that they were like grasshoppers to them. It was their own perception of themselves. And so Moses began to come with doubt and he this what if and I know I did that as well you know when the Lord began to really call me I'm like listen Lord who gonna listen to me when he's telling me to go out to do ministry when he's telling me to start a podcast and to, and to restore his daughters when he's telling me to go forth and, and do uh and, and create a coaching business it's like who gonna listen to me 
who gonna, you know, like what, how they gonna know you sent me? How, you know, like I had these same, I had these same, you know, questions and doubts and insecurities rise up in me. And I know a lot of times that is what we go through because the call, when the Lord begins to call you is often something you don't feel qualified for. See, Moses didn't feel qualified that he could go back to Egypt, even though he grew up in Egypt and he grew up in Pharaoh's house and he understood the culture. He knew the language. He was educated by, by the top Egyptian, you know, education. He understood and he know, he knew how to, um, how, how everything worked. He knew how it flowed he was trained up he knew how to fight he had everything he needed because he already was he had already been you know prepared in egypt but because he had got so far away from egypt and probably put it so far out of his mind he began to look at himself like disqualified and so the lord had to ask him what's in his hand and so i'm saying to you today what's in your hand you don't got to keep looking outside of yourself for the very thing god wants to use great and mightily god wants to use exactly what he's already given you what he's already trained you with what he's already processed you with what is in your hand see for me the idea for me because i want to make it plain for us the idea for my life for me to be truly successful and me to be truly impactful for i always wanted to advocate for people i always wanted to you know um represent people i always was a lover of justice i always wanted to you know protect and, and have and, and speak up for the voiceless right that's i've always done that and most of the careers that i've had prior um until when god you know began to call me and change my career path was in um in some type of uh role of advocacy either where i was working for the mr uh the developmental disability population um or i was working with um elderly or i was working with those that was physically you know disabled whatever it was i was always advocating and working for people who couldn't really you know advocate for themselves right i always found myself wanting to do that i always found myself wanting to be a protector like i when my every time my little sister would get into a situation or something she would always call me because she knew she could count on me to go and fight for her right and so i've always had that in me but i thought the only way that i could utilize that and be successful and have true impact on people on the multitude is being an attorney because in my mind that was something i knew i wanted to do since i was like in the third grade i knew i was good at it i was told by my professor my um in, in college that i would make a great attorney um i was told by my pastor um that uh, i had back in, I don't know, 2013 or something like that, um, that I would make a great attorney, you know, that it, it kept being confirmation, confirmation. I've even been told by other attorneys here recently. Um, I had an attorney um, who was working for me and, um, you know, we got had to go, you know, I had to go toe to toe with her a couple of times on some things. And she would constantly say to me, I know you will make a great attorney. And she was an attorney herself, but she would be like, I know you're going to make an attorney. You, you are not a natural, like I know it. And so that, it just kept giving me that confidence. So when God said, no, I want you to go into ministry, that was like, ugh. It was like a blow because I'm like, no, I've been being told all this time and I've been wanting all this time to be an attorney. But now you're telling me that, no, you want to not use me in the marketplace in that way but you want to use me in ministry to be an advocate in ministry to be a voice to the for the voiceless and ministry to bring forth justice to the in to those that are experiencing spiritual injustice you know see we got to begin to shift the mind but see i didn't understand like moses that i had been prepared all along and so when I was in that dark place and I was getting um, acclimated to me adjusting to changing my major, I was still in a place where I had no money. I didn't have no income. So this whole idea of going into something new really was just, it caught me off off guard. It came out of left field because I'm like, I need a solution right now. I need something that's going to make me money right now because me and my children were in a low place. And we, like I told this testimony many a times, go back and listen to some other um previous episode to hear more detail but like we were in poverty we were poor we we were really like we're at the bottom of the bottom and so i was needing something that i was needed something tangible or something i could start doing right now because at least my thought was maybe i could start working as a paralegal maybe i can get a certificate in the process of me being in school like i had this whole plan right and so when it when he's telling me ministry for for me i'm looking like well ministry ain't 
no way to make money because I'm not the type that's wanting to charge people to do ministry. That don't make no sense to me. So I didn't see it. And so I began to, you know, give all these excuses like Moses, like, well, what about this? And what about that? And well, who going to listen to me? And how I'm going to do this? And where the money going to come from for this? And I begin to give God all these excuses. And I'm like, well, what, how, like how will he, and, and when God began to speak to me about a business, I'm thinking like to myself, like, well, a business of what? Like, to do what? And I kept going to him, like, how? Like, how am I going to start making money? How am I going to, you know, feed me and um, my children? How am I going to provide for us? How, you know, how, how, how? I kept going. And he kept saying the same thing, sending me to the same scripture. He would send me to Exodus 4, and he would constantly say to me, or I would get, uh, come across a message, a sermon on YouTube or something, and it would be talking about what's in your hand, what's in your hand. And then he will also take me to 2 Kings 4 which is another one of my absolute favorites because again it, it it really began to minister me minister to me personally because i was like that woman um with the with the oil the widow's oil and um second kings four where i was at the, at a place where i was so desperate i didn't have that necessarily the creditors wasn't coming to take my children into slavery because i couldn't pay the debts but i had massive debt i i like i said i had no money i had no car i had no income coming in we had nothing in our home we were sleeping on the floor you know we were struggling like i was depressed i was suicidal you know like i couldn't do the necessities the bare minimum for my children it was a very dark place and so when god continued to take me to this story oh i got frustrated because i'm like lord i what is it what do i have because it says here in second kings 4 and it's interesting because it's exodus 4 and 2 and see and this is how i know this holy spirit and then it's second kings 4 and 2 and it says elisha asked her what can I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And it's so interesting because her, her response was in verse, in verse three, she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. It's so funny because what I've found is that a lot of times we view the very gift, the very thing God put in us that we had all along, the very, the, the very talent, right? The very anointing that God always had, that we always have. We, because it's not the thing that we think God is going to use or because it's not the thing we want God to use or because we view it as instant we don't tend to see the value just like she said your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil so how are you gonna have nothing and a jar of oil in your house either you got nothing in your house or a jar a jar of oil but see the revelation is i know for me i didn't realize the anointing that i had to speak i didn't realize the calling and anointing i had to for women and the passion that i have for women to bring restoration and healing to encourage to exhort to um to to, to take and just want to take go reach back and hold my sisters up and bring them you know along with me and and just to just to give wisdom and to love on my sisters especially those who have gone through trauma and those that have had challenges and difficult times and you know have gone through some things like i have there's a special excitement that i get you know when i get to love on a, uh, one of my uh, father's daughters when i get to minister and get to love on one of my sisters when i get to you know just speak life into it's something that happens in me i get some i get great joy but see i didn't recognize that that was the thing that i had in my house so i was like the woman with the um with the oil i was saying lord i don't got nothing because every time he would send me to the story i would go back to him and i'll be like but i don't have nothing because i'm looking at the physical i'm looking at the monetary i'm looking at the material i'm like god i don't have nothing what 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 why do you keep sending me to this story and he's like what's in your hand just like moses like he said to moses what's in your hand and moses like a staff see moses had everything he needed he didn't need whatever he thought he needed he didn't have to have eloquent speech he didn't have to have the validation and confirmation of people he didn't have to have you know all of these things that we think in our mind that we need to be qualified because when god qualifies you that's all you need and see god had qualified moses from the beginning he just didn't know it because life took some twists and turns as i'm saying to you sister brother you may not know that god has qualified you from the beginning because life may have served you some twists and turns maybe you've been on the run maybe you've been you're indebted you're despondent you're maybe you know you you're depressed maybe you know you're discouraged maybe you feel like you know all is lost maybe you feel like your life just have been so bad and you don't know how you 
you can see your way out. Maybe you are under, a, you know, mountains of debt. Maybe, you know, you just have been in this place, in this job, in this, in this situation, in this relation for so long. You lost yourself. You don't even know who you are. But I'm telling you that I know that I know that everything you need is you have it. God is going to use exactly what you already have. In the same way, in the story of the two fish and the five loaves, when the uh, disciples was looking at going to Jesus, trying to figure out how they're going to feed this multitude. And he said, well, listen, they like send them home because we don't got enough. It would take a whole year's wages. And, you know, the, the, the market is so far from us. And it's all it's all these people. They was like, it's an impossible situation. And they was like, and Jesus was like, you feed them. And it's like, well, what do y'all got? And then they had to go about the about the crowd and find, and it was a little boy and he had two fish and five loaves. The little lunch his mama packed him is what was used to feed the masses. So I'm saying to you, you might think that thing that you do naturally is a little thing. You might think it's insignificant. You might think that it's just nothing. Like the widow, the widow woman with the oil, she said, I have nothing but a jar of oil and i'm like wow it just hit me just now like how do you have nothing and a jar of oil if you got a jar of oil you got something if you have a gift you have something if you're an exhorter you have something if you're creative you have something if you're a problem solver you have something right it doesn't matter if you can teach well you have something if you can help people you got the gifts of helps you have something if you're an administrator and you're organized and you can bring organization you know and you can do well with administration you have something it doesn't matter if you can give a word if you can if you can read the scriptures and and it just thing downloads come to you and you are able to just speak and give a word you have something don't look at what you have as insignificant don't look at it as it's nothing god is giving you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places you have to know the very thing god wants to do through you is going to take what's already in your hand what's already in your hand you see the two fish and five loaves yes it seems impossible because God always is going to use the foolish things to confound the wise. No, you're not qualified by man's standards. No, you don't have the degree. No, you don't have, you know, all of the credentials. No, you don't have all the letters behind your name. No, you ain't um, finished school. No, you ain't graduate high school. No, you ain't go to college. Yes, you was a single mother. Yes, you, you know, you did, you know, some things and you made some mistakes in your life. But guess what? That's not what God looks at when he qualifies you. We've all been given a measure of of grace according to the gifts that we have and God has placed a gift in you because the gifts and the cause are without repentance and they're irrevocable meaning you're born with them and nothing can take them away there are many of people who flow in their gifts and they do not worship God they are not saved it's because they can flow in the gift because it's theirs God gave it to them but God is saying to you you're overlooking the thing he gave you that he wants to use and he wants to use it to build up his kingdom in the earth he wants to use it to to bring in the harvest of souls that he is preparing to come in he wants to use it in the marketplace some people have a gift for the marketplace there god sends us everywhere he sends his people all throughout the world he will see some of us have a gift for for the government a gift for leadership it does not matter whatever your gift is whatever god wants to do and maybe you're so creative you can write you can draw you can paint you're an artiste that is a gift God, use it for his glory. Begin to take inventory. What's in your hand? What is that thing you do naturally that is effortless? That you do, it's like second thought. <coughs> Excuse me. But it's like second thought. You don't even think about it. <coughs> anyway, I'm healed. So what is the thing? Because the thing I didn't realize about me is... I've been a coach my whole life, even though when the Lord called me to do to be a coach and to create a coaching business, I, I was so lackadaisical about it because I was discouraged because I'm like a coach. Like, first of all, I don't want to be a coach. I never thought about that. I, I never thought about being a coach. That was nothing that ever crossed my mind. Like, and nowadays, everybody's a coach. Everybody's a guru. Everybody, you know, you know, has 
you know, some kind of mentorship program or some kind of masterclass, you know, everybody's an expert today. So for me, I was just really like, no, Lord, that's not what I want. If I'm honest, I'm like, I'm not trying to get into this overly saturated industry. Well, now people who not qualified and people who, you know, really don't know what they're doing. Anybody can just self-proclaim a coach or you can take an online course and get a certificate. But the one thing that I know that's different there's people who call themselves to be a coach and there are people God calls to be a coach. And even if it's you that God has called to be a coach, and maybe it wasn't in your plan, like me, maybe it wasn't your dream. I'm telling you that if God called you to it, you have the grace, you have the anointing for it. And see, that's what some people are not going to have. They can have whatever certificates, they can have whatever, you know, uh, certifications, they can have whatever courses that they've taken, they can have whatever diplomas, they can have whatever it is that they have, but that doesn't mean that they have the anointing. And you have to understand that when God calls you to something, you have the anointing for it. So that means you have a grace, you have an agility, you have a resilience, a wherewithal, right? You have a you have a diligence. There is something in you that will just keep you fortified in it. If you keep your God in the center, right, that no matter what you come against, that you will be able to persevere, right? It doesn't matter. You know, you will be able to, you know, out you know, last other people, right? You will be able to, you know, go to heights and dimensions and get on platforms and, you know, get clients and, you know, reach people in the, all, all across the world. You will be able to do things that other people can't do if they try because God is with you. And this is why it's so important that you need to identify your God-given your gifts because they're exactly what God wants to use and whatever it is, you already have it. You don't need to look outside of yourself for it. You don't need to go and yes, ain't nothing wrong with getting training and, and sharpening your skill. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong wanting to be certified. There's nothing wrong wanting to get, you know, take a course. Nothing. If the Holy Spirit leads you to do that, it's nothing wrong. But I will tell you one thing that I know for sure. That is not the qualification that God is going to use and that God is going to call you. He's not looking at that. That's man standard. He's looking at what he placed in you from the foundations of the world. And so I'm going to ask you again, what is in your house? See, I didn't know the power of my voice because, see, I grew up in a household where I was silenced. You know, things happened to me. And when I spoke up about it, I was shut down and I wasn't believed. And what that did at an early age is that stole my voice. And see, that's how the enemy will do. A lot of times, the very thing God wants to use in a major way, the enemy will work overtime and he will start early to try to diminish that thing or kill, steal, or destroy it if he can. And see, for a long time, I didn't like to speak up. I wouldn't speak out you know I not for myself you know for other people yes but when it came to me or if it was things that I really really wanted to say I wouldn't say it I would think it because I was I just I was scared to use my voice because I learned at a young age you know that when you use your voice people don't believe you or when you use your voice you know people you know they they reject you when you use your voice you know people you know they turn their back on you or they don't protect you and so because of that I, I lived a life a long time where I didn't know the power of my voice not knowing that my voice is the very thing that the Lord wanted to use right and so that again you have to understand that this is a fight and some so sometimes the enemy will try to bombard us with issues and problems and trauma and circumstance and and all these things will come upon us to distract us and, and to get us out of position or to get us you know um out of in the in the place where we can identify what these gifts are see i didn't know i didn't know there was power in my voice but i've just been told here within these last months um confirmed over and over again that it is my voice that there, there's an anointing on my voice that the lord wants to use my voice this is why the enemy has been fighting my voice there was a time when i was having seizures i had seizures from 20 15 to 2019, uh, four years straight. I had so many seizures, I can't even count. And after one of my seizures, I lost my voice. I had, I lost the ability to talk at all. And I had to go to speech to therapy for like two, two and a half months to learn how to talk again. 
So it was just like so many things over over time, right? Over my life was happening, trying to prevent me from actually identifying and discovering the thing that God wanted to use, the thing that had the most power for me. And see, you wouldn't think, I didn't think that my voice had power and that God would want to use my voice because of what happened to me. But some, some of us, and some of you, the thing that God wants to use is something that you're afraid of now or something that has been shut down or it's been, you know, stifled because maybe something happened, you know, maybe somebody rejected you. Maybe, you know, things didn't go the way you thought. Maybe you got disappointed or something happened and it caused you to, you know, to retreat. It caused you, you know, to, 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 to go and, and to hide or, or to just disregard or compartmentalize that thing but the lord wants you to to pull it back out he wants to use it he wants to use that gift if you're a dreamer he wants to use your mind if you're a writer he wants to use your creativity i'm telling you if god uses all things he uses everything that he gives us if we give it back to him don't be afraid to speak again if it's your voice if the lord is giving you a voice and you need to speak maybe he wants you to speak out against injustice maybe he wants you to speak up and to advocate for people maybe he wants you to speak um, and bring restoration to people maybe he wants you to use your voice you know in a mighty way maybe he wants you to use your voice to speak and to take his word across the world whatever it is don't be afraid what's in your hand whatever the gift is that god placed in you is what he wants to use to bless to be a blessing to his people to build up his kingdom you don't have to go looking to the left or to the right you cannot you don't have to covet your neighbor's house all you got to do is ask holy spirit to reveal to you what's in your hand like he told Moses about the staff he said what's in your hand like this woman with the oil it's like what's in her house and once she once she identified what was in her house in her house even though she thought it was insignificant that was the very thing that the man of God that the prophet Elisha told her to use she was told to go gather jars from her neighbors. She was told to go into the room, shut the door behind her and her sons. Because a lot of time when God tells you to do something or when he's cultivating you or he's giving you a downloader idea, it's for you to keep it silent between you and him. It ain't for you to go and put it on blast and tell social media and tell all your people. Because sometimes the Lord wants to do it in secret, right? And so she had to go in secret and she had to pour. And see, she had to have faith to believe that the very thing that she thought was insignificant was the very thing God was going to use to bless her and it was and because she was obedient she begins god gave her a business god gave her a business and she was able to pay off all the debt and live off the rest because that's how God will multiply the gift he has given you. The same way he do those two fish and five loaves. He will multiply it if you give it back to him. If you look at it and you see the value, you don't have to know the how. You don't have to know the what. All you got to do is like Jesus, he at told them to bring to him the two fish and five loaves. And he and he. Thank God for it. And he put it up to heaven and God blessed it. See, and that's what we got to do. Yes, I thought my voice was insignificant. Yes, I thought my ability to speak and minister and to love on women was insignificant. But it was the very thing that God wants to use to be a blessing to his people to his daughters and to build up his kingdom and even be a blessing to me but i had to get to a place where i was able to receive that this is the very thing that it doesn't have to be a degree that it didn't have to be me um having being an attorney it didn't have to be me having success via the marketplace or this career or that career it was what god had already placed in me from the very beginning i don't have to try to be this is who i am it comes out every day all day in my everyday conversations i'm coaching every day every day of my life i'm doing some type of coaching i'm doing some type of mentoring i'm doing some type of teaching and i absolutely love it it is effortless for me i enjoy it i get great joy right i use my voice i use my voice to pray i use my voice to to give a word of exhortation i use my voice to encourage to motivate right as a motivational speaker that's another thing i never saw myself doing right but that's something that god began to he began to show me once i surrender and submit it to the understanding of God, I already that He already placed in me everything I need to do His will, like He said in His Word. 
in Hebrews, I believe, I think it's Hebrews, the last um, chapter of Hebrews, where he said, I've given you every good thing and you need to do my uh, to do his will. Um, and so you have to know that if God is calling you to do something, you already have what you need. And if you don't have something, it's because you don't need it. And see, I didn't realize these gifts. I didn't realize they were gifts because to me, they I looked at it as a hobby. I looked at it as just something that I do. I didn't realize the value. I didn't see the value of the gift until God began to open the eyes of my understanding and gave me the revelation and took me to the word. Like what's in your house? Your house is you, your soul. Anytime you think of, um, you see house a lot of times, you know, or you dream about house, whatever it represents you, your soul. Let's see. What do you have inside of you already? What is the gift? What is the talent? What is that thing you're buried? What is that thing you stuffed under the rug? What is that thing that, you know, somebody, you know, um, ridiculed you and mocked you about? And so you just don't do it no more. What is that thing you write poetry? What is it? What you do? You know, do you sing and you just, you know, somebody stifled your voice. You sing, you know, maybe you got something to say. You know, maybe the Lord has put on you, you know, something to say. You got something to say. Don't be afraid to speak. I pray that the enemy will loose your tongue in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ, whatever it is, don't be afraid. Realize that what you have is the very thing God is going to use and he will multiply that thing. He will do great and mighty things through it. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. God, it does. he's not into numbers. He doesn't need a lot. He doesn't need all of those accolades. He doesn't need all of those degrees. People got more degrees than a thermometer. He don't need all of those, those, those labels. He don't need all of those, those, um, those uh, letters behind a name not that those things are bad but god doesn't require that god will use you if you just was a shepherd boy amen he will use you if you was just on, on your way going to you find your father's donkeys right he will use you if you a samaritan woman at the well and you didn't have five husbands he will use you if you like mary magdalene and you've been delivered from seven eight demons he will use you that is not how he qualifies like he said to samuel it is he don't look at the outward. He look at the heart. He's looking at your heart, right? He's looking at what he's placed in you. He's looking at the gift that he's put in you. He's looking at the seed because see, your gift is a seed and that seed needs to get planted. And the only way a seed is going to ever produce or multiply is if it's planted. And the planting is you begin to, you know, go to God and ask him to reveal to you. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you never really was able to discover, identify what that thing is that you do naturally, what your natural gift is, what God placed in you, right? Maybe you go to Holy Spirit, you seek him, you ask him to reveal to you what's in your hand, what is in your house, what is the gift, the natural gift and talent he placed in you that he wants to multiply, that he wants to use to build his kingdom, to bless his people. And you go to him and once you identify that, you ask him now, what do you do with it? The planting is doing whatever you're supposed to do with it. The planting for me was I had to start a podcast and then the next step was I had to create a business. You know, that was the planting. So now if there's able to be increase there's been increase on the podcast you know lots of downloads internationally people listening to the podcast all over the world right the increase is because i planted the seed even though i didn't know i didn't understand it i didn't know all you know how it was going to work out i never had did a podcast before i didn't want to do a podcast i didn't know nothing about a podcast but i did it in faith because i knew god called me to do it and now i'm seeing the increase because i planted the seed the same thing with my coaching business and see i was able to create he provided everything i needed he provided every resource and the people for me to create my coaching business and so now that they, now there can be increased because i planted seed right and so whatever he tells you to do to to cultivate the gift do it if he tell you to take a course do it if he tell you to get a degree do it if he tell you to just start like like paul maybe he tell you to just go out and start ministering in the streets whatever it is do it Put that seed in the ground so you can receive a harvest so he can multiply it, right? He will put a super on your natural if you give him what's in your hand. Quit looking outside of yourself. Quit thinking you need some extra qualification. Quit thinking you got to look like the next person. Your anointing got to flow like the next person. That you got to sound like the next person. No, God created you uniquely, fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no other you. Whatever God called you to do, nobody can do it like you. Nobody can do it like you. You have to know that God is in need of what he's placed in you. That's why he gave it to you. You know, one thing my pastor says <clears throat> often, 
It's anytime there's a problem in the earth, God sends the solution in the form of a person. So that means whatever the gift is in you, there's a, you are the solution to some problem. You are the solution. Maybe the thing that's plaguing you the most, maybe the thing that frustrates you the most, maybe you are the solution. Because one thing I used to say to myself is I wish I had someone who could have been a who could have helped me along the way, who could have took me by the hand, who could have helped, you know, cultivate values and morals and who could have, you know, helped to lead me down a better path and help me to know what it was to be a woman, to value my body, you know, what, biblical principles and the value of, you know, keeping myself and honoring the Lord and all of these things, right? And 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 creating a safe space and, you know, just just taking me by the hand. I, I always say I wish I had because if I had that, I wouldn't have gone down the path that I went down. If I'd had that, you know, I wouldn't have made some of these mistakes. Well, guess what? The very thing that I always wish that I had for me is the very thing that God has created me to be for other women. And so see, the the, the thing that brought me the most, most frustration, right? The thing that, that plagued me the most is being a young woman and just not having no direction, not having no, no ever, you know, having no, my mother or my father pour into me and, and love on me and, and instill in me values and morals and tell me about life and tell me, you know, I, the relationship, my first relationship with a man was with my father and it was so dysfunctional and it was so, um, you know, really it was a lot of abandonment and rejection and it was just it just was so inconsistent and so that was my first experience right and so even with my mother you know she just didn't have the capacity and the same way my father didn't have the capacity because of their own issues to to be the, what i needed i never had a, a a talk a sex talk you know my parents never talked to me about sex they never talked to me about my body you know they never talked to me about you know um, my morals or values or you know any of that they i never had any of those conversations i never saw what that looked like i never saw a healthy relationship i never saw you know you know a woman function as a godly woman right i never saw that so i just didn't have no other alternative i didn't have no other you know experiences or no nothing else to compare it life to all i had was what i knew and so i always said if i had someone who could have come alongside of me who could have just grabbed me by the hand and could have said you don't have to make that decision you don't have to go down that road you don't need a man to fulfill you you don't have to look for love and, and being under a man or giving your body away and you don't have to you know be validated and trying to be accepted by this people and let this people take advantage of you and let these people hurt you 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 beautiful you beautiful the way you are you don't need no no personal relationship to validate you know your beauty or your worth if i had to, uh, somebody who could have really poured into me i'm like i would have i would have been a better woman right or i wouldn't have you know had made all of these mistakes that i look back and i'm like oh my gosh how why how did i ever do that but it's like no the lord has said i'm taking all of that and i'm going to work it all out for your good and so now you get to be that for your nieces for your sisters for your nephew you know uh, excuse me for your for for the young ladies that you know i bring you that the lord bring into my life you know i get to be that for my coaching clients i get to be that for my mentor uh my mentees you know i get to be that for women in my life right i get to be the very thing that i needed the most but if I wouldn't have understood that God was using what was in my hand, if I wouldn't have understood that God was saying, what's in your house? And in the same way with the woman, with the oil, he took what was in my house, even though I thought it was insignificant like the woman, or I thought it was even nothing like the woman, he still took it and he created a business out of it. So I'm not telling you what I'm what what I've just read in in the Bible. Even though the Bible is is the word of God is forever settled in heaven, it is the highest authority. It is true. It is alive, right? The Bible is all you need to hear. But if you need to hear a real life testimony, I'm telling you, uh, it is my own personal testimony that God took what was in my house. He took my ability to speak. He took my ability to love on people authentically, genuinely, that I have a, a capacity to bear the weight of people's burdens and problems and not judge them and love them through it and cast vision and pull them out and speak love and restoration and all of those things. He took what was in my hand and see, that's, that's something that I didn't have to go to school for. That's something I didn't have to get a degree in. That's something that's just always been in me from the very beginning. I've always been this way. I've always been an encourager. I've always could give wise counsel. I've always been able to have wisdom. 
to help people bring get solutions to their issues. That's always been in me, but I never realized the value in it until the Lord began to show me that he wanted to take those very things that I thought was insignificant and he created a whole business. Now I have a whole coaching business and, and you can check me out if you want to. You can go to my website, www.redefiningmyworth.com. You can see all about what I do, who I am. You can read a little of my testimony on there. You can download the free, um, the free uh, gift, a free ebook. You can um, sign up for a free consultation if you are interested in coaching. You can sign up for uh, the self-paced coaching digital uh, program that I have that comes right to you, and you can do it at your own leisure. Or you can sign up for my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. I have a lot of things that the Lord has blessed me to. Um, to be able to offer and to give but i just want to say to someone that don't think that this is me getting on here just saying something this is me saying that i've tried and seen the bible says taste and see that the lord is good is good i've seen how the lord has taken the very thing that cost me nothing the very thing that was in my house when i had nothing when i was in debt when i was in poverty when i was laying on the floor when i was in pain the most excruciating pain in my body when i didn't know what i was gonna do when I couldn't provide for my children, when I didn't have a car, when I was dependent on the government system for my food and shelter, when I had absolutely barely anything, when God began to show me what's in your hand and begin to give me the downloads and ideas for a business, for a, a ministry, all of these things. And I am out walking it out today. I am walking it out today. I'm telling you, it, I didn't have to go do nothing extra. And every course that I tried to take, and this is just my testimony, every course that I tried to take to get certified, to get some kind of, um, you know, uh, qualification via man standard, the Lord shut it down. He didn't even allow me to do it because he said, I qualified you and I justified you and I sanctified you. So you have to know that it's not always going to be required. It's nothing wrong with it if God allows you to do so, but don't think it's a requirement. Holy Spirit has cultivated me. He has trained me. He has created me for a time such as this. In the same way for me, he's done it for you. Don't think that you got to do something extra if the Holy Spirit ain't told you to or start where you are. Who's to say he might have me take a course? He might have me get a certification. He may. I'm not saying that he won't. I don't know what the future holds. All I know is I started with what I had. Like this woman with the with the oil. She had that jar of oil. That's all she had. She didn't have to go. The only thing she had to go borrow was jars. She didn't have to go get no more oil. That's that's the anointing. You ain't got to get no more anointing. You already got all the anointing that you need. You don't have to go try to get no extra anointing. You don't have to get up to get uh, anointing and this or that. God is already giving you the oil. He's already giving you the anointing. All you got to do is pour. All you got to do is pour. See, I begin to pour in the podcast. When I started the podcast, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm going to just be honest. I didn't know. I was just using my phone and a free platform. That's all I had because I, I, was, I didn't have no resources. I couldn't afford mics and, and, and hosting and all of those things at that time. So I had to use what I had. I had to start with what I had. I had my voice. I had a word from God and I had a phone and I had a internet. Okay. That's what I had. My cellular network, right? On my phone to use a free, a free platform to do a podcast. That's all I had. And I started with that. And that's why the Bible tells us in Zechariah 4, do not despise the days of small beginnings because see God rewards your faithfulness. When you start where you are, the Bible tells us when you do well over little, he'll make you ruler over much. If you just start with where you are, you don't have to worry about being, you know, having a huge following or having many subscribers or listeners. I Many a times I had none, but I was faithful. I got up every week and honored my commitment to God. To God, and it was hard. There were days and there were weeks I was going through. Life was hitting me. I was didn't feel like it. I was, you know, depressed and I was discouraged and you know, hurting and all kind of stuff. And and but I still wanted to make sure that I was obedient to do what God called me to do. See, because that's when you know that you have a call from God and a mandate from God, and you give God your yes. You understand that that you got to be faithful to that thing. When you're faithful to God, He'll be faithful to you. So you don't have to worry about having it all figured out. You don't have to have it all together. Together. You don't have to, you know, have all the resources. The 
The doors will open as you take a step. God going to take multiple steps. Every time you take a step of obedience, he is going to make sure a door open. He's going to send resources. He's going to send you whatever you need. He's going to make sure because he's calling you to it. And I started with doing a podcast on that free platform. And here I am being able to upgrade, use the platform that I want to use that have amenities and capabilities that I desire. I'm able to pay for it. I was able to get, you know, the mic and headphones and professional equipment and do all these other things. But that came after I was faithful to do what he called me to do with what I had. Just like that woman, just like Moses, when he said, what is in your hand? Moses had a staff. And the next thing God told him was throw it down on the ground. See, Moses, it was the same staff, though. He didn't have to go get another staff. He had to buy multiple staffs. It was the same staff he had when he encountered God. I'm telling you, you got the oil you need. You just need to start where you are. You need to get confident that if God has called you to this thing, if God is calling you out, if God is beginning to beckoning you, because that's what happens with a call. The call never stops calling you until you fulfill it. It's going to keep calling you. It's like I used to have dreams. I used to have visions of me speaking, speaking on platforms and stages and to multitudes. And I didn't, and in that moment, I didn't even see how it was ever going to happen. I didn't even know what it meant because I was working, doing something else. I was doing hair at the time. I ain't going to be doing hair on a platform, speaking to people. So I didn't even understand it. It was prophesied over me years ago that I would have a ministry and a women's ministry and I would be on stages and conferences and conventions, all of these things. But it didn't make no sense to me because I was doing something else. My life had taken me somewhere else. I had a whole nother career and I was willing to work that career I was in until God had an encounter with, with me like he did with Moses. Like this woman, sometimes circumstance will drive us to the Lord like her circumstance drove her to, to 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 find the man of God to seek the solution to her problem sometimes God will allow circumstance to happen and so we begin to seek him for the solution and then he begins to tell you you're the solution amen he begins to tell you it's in your hand he begins to tell you it's in your voice he begins to tell you it's in your mind he begins to tell you it's in you the very thing that you need is in you. So I hope this is encouraging somebody and it's just on my spirit to just keep saying it, to keep repeating whatever you need, whatever your, your anointing is, you already got it. Whatever the gift is, it will make room for you. Start where you are. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. If you don't got a lot of resources, a lot of money, start where you are. God knows your situation. He just wants to see you be faithful. He just wants to see you take a step. In faith, not knowing the whole picture, not knowing how, you know, it's going to happen and work out. Just trusting him that he going to meet you there because God ain't bringing you to nothing that he's not going to sustain. When you begin to do the will of the Lord, when you're willing and obedient, the Bible says you'll eat the good of the land. You just have to trust God. It's not always going to look the way you think it's going to look, but the journey is going to be worth it, right? You may not go down the path you thought you would go down, but the path is going to be exciting. It's going to have its challenges, but it's going to have a lot of joy and happiness. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy getting on the, on the podcast. I enjoy ministering to women. I enjoy coaching women. I enjoy everything that the Lord has called me to do. Yes, it took me some time to adjust to it. Yes, it took some time for my mind to be renewed and wrapped my mind around a new normal, right? But I'm thankful that I surrender and submitted to it. And I'm thankful that even in the small things that I was obedient, even in the small things, I was faithful. Even now, sometimes I do not want to get up and do the podcast. I be experiencing life. Things be happening. I go through stuff, but I said, I have to get on here because if it's just one person that hears the message, if it's just one person that be encouraged, if it's one person that gets the confirmation they need, then it's all worth it. And I have to, I have to humble myself and I have to get out of myself, right? And, and not be so concerned about me because there's somebody out there who needs what the Lord wants to say through me. And so that's what keeps me going. It's not always because it's so easy, but I'm committed. I'm committed. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for your obedience. He's looking for your commitment. If you're obedient, if you're faithful and obedient and you use and you surrender your God-given gifts unto him, it ain't he he will do it ain't no limit to what he will do. 
It is no limit. And again, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. God has blessed me. He blessed me even in a time where I didn't even see no way out. Even in a time where I thought all was lost, right? I was in a pit and I was at the very bottom of the pit. And he began to give me downloads and I used to write them down. I have a journal dedicated strictly for downloads and ideas that I feel the Lord gives me. And it's always at random times. And sometimes it's in the middle of the night. Sometimes it's during the day. Sometimes it's in a dream, whatever it is. But I be intentional to write down every single one. And whenever he tells me to bring one back to my memory or he begins to expound on one, then I know I go right to it. So I have a journal. And all I do is write down ideas and downloads that i get via holy spirit and so i suggest you do the same thing if you know you be hearing from the lord if sometimes you know things um ideas for and, and concepts and downloads and you know strategies come to you write it down he may not always act you know have you act on it in the moment but it's important to have a record of it so when he do want to be want to expound on that thing and begin to truly activate it that you you can go to it and you don't have to try to be like oh what was that thing and try to remember but you 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 even stored in when the lord gives you a word see that again it's about being faithful you have to store when the lord releases a word to you or he releases a download it ain't always about him you having to get the fullness of the revelation in that moment just store with what he gives you i have I have ideas and things that he's given me over the years that I have not seen come to pass yet, but he knows that I'm stored in it. It's there. I have a record. So when he do, I have the record to go back to, right? Because again, he, it's about being faithful. Be faithful over the gift. Be faithful over the talent. Be faithful over the anointing. Be faithful where he tell you to start. Be faithful over what he tells you to do. Know that God will meet you there. He will multiply it. He will bless it if you give it to him. Whatever you're gift is whatever's in your hand give it back to god give it back to him first let him multiply it let him put his anointing on it let him put his glory on it let him you don't want to do it without him amen you don't want to do it without him you know without him blessing it so give it back to him know that you already have what you need it's in your hand it's in your house take inventory look ask people what is it that you do well you know it's many ways you can again pray ask holy spirit you can seek out you know uh, your pastor you know you can go to your friends and family you know whatever you can you know even just examine your life and think of the things that you know you constantly are doing all the time and it's so effortless and you don't have to think about it that's how you know it's a natural gift because it's something you do and it's like second nature no one taught you how to do it no one taught me how to be a coach no one taught me how to be an encourager no one taught me how to be an exhorter forgive me if you hear my my children laughing in the background they're being inappropriate but anyway these are not things someone taught me how to do. This is these were God-given gifts and talents that I got the when the Lord knew before He formed me and when He knew me in my mother's womb. He placed it in me. The same with you. You have gifts. You have talents. You have an anointing. You have oil. You don't need any more oil. You don't need nothing else. All you need to do is go to God and ask Him to bless it. Ask Him to 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 to, uh, to, to give you a strategy on what to do with it. You go to Him. Amen. And he, he might direct you to a person. You know, if you feel led again, you can you can reach out to me. You can go to my website, www.redefiningmyworth.com. And I help with identity and purpose, right? I help with those things. Um, those are services that I provide in my coaching program. But again, all you need to do is realize and understand that today you have everything you need. Whether you have discovered it or not, it's there. It's in you. And God is already waiting on you. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to, to, be, to have your eyes open to see that you already have everything you need in your hand in your house so again i i pray that this bless you i yeah my kids are getting my children excuse me my children are getting live so i'm um, about to wrap this up but i pray that this bless you again what's in your hand go to god take everything i said read um exodus 4 and 2 read second kings 4 and 2 to get more revelation and understanding um and with all things go to the lord to get confirmation um pray about everything and um can just continue um, to just be at the feet of jesus and 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 know that god is going to if you seek him you will find if you knock the door will be open i pray that the lord will bless you and keep you that 
that he will make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and grant you his peace. Thank you for joining me on the Purity After Pure Promise Goody podcast where today's episode was what's in your hand. I hope it was a blessing to you. I'm looking forward to hearing testimonies and hearing from you soon. As always, you can reach out to me here on um, the platform. You can send me a message, leave a comment, share, like, all the good things, and I will talk to you next time. Remember, your past does not define you. It develops you and you are worthy. Thank you.